Welcome to Soul Care Culture, a podcast by Biblical Counseling Ministries. Through each of these conversations, we want to glorify God by helping church leaders just like you develop an empowering culture of biblical soul care. Thanks for joining us today. I am so excited to have next to me Christy Thatch, who serves on the national team with me at BCM. And dear pastors, today we're going to come from a different perspective. And that perspective is talking about what your sheep are thinking in your congregation that are either struggling or need help and not sure what to do. And my teammate here, Christy, has a God-glorifying testimony of how you came forward and trusted the church when you were going through a struggling time. Tell us a little bit about that, Christy. The issues that I started dealing with, they were both physical and emotional I had a physical illness, and I was also dealing with anxiety and panic attacks. And there were plenty of days that I couldn't even leave my house because of just the emotional turmoil and struggling that I was dealing with. That was going on for several months, even though my physical illness improved and I was getting treatment. I was then left with all of the emotional fear and the suffering and wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Thought that once the physical part was taken care of, that I would then just continually improve emotionally. And I was just planning to just wait it out. I was just going to wait it out and see what happened. And I had a dear friend who was not in the church, which was just a friend that I knew through mom's group. And she encouraged me. She's like, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now that you've gone through the physical treatment. And I was very confused. I'm like, what do you mean? What am I going to do? What's the next thing available to me? Kind of thing. And she said, I think you should consider counseling. And I appreciate her so much because I let that sink in for a little bit, thinking, I don't know. I don't know if that's something that would really help me. Not sure. And I was not aware at that time that the church that we were attending had a biblical counseling ministry. Even though we'd been going there for at least a couple of years at that point, I was on the fringes of the church, I would say, like a serious Sunday morning attender, and we were in a care group, but not any deeper than that. So I was not aware of the opportunities that were available to me. And Keith, my husband, he was in a Bible study at that time with our care group leader and a couple other men from our care group and he was asking them what are the options what can we do and they were the ones that were saying oh we have a counseling ministry you should check it out and for whatever reason that felt more comfortable to me I grew up in the church my whole life believer since I was very young and I think that that was a more comforting path for me to go through than trying to seek more secular, medical, psychological opportunities. I figured, what did I have to lose? And so I started pursuing that path. So there was a healthy dose of desperation. Um, When you're desperate, you're willing to try more things and try to get help. And it took probably two or three months to get the first appointment. And when I did, I would say that It was not what I expected. It was very hope-filled, and it was very caring and encouraging. And the people I met with were very sure that they could 
helped me. And I was hooked. I was hooked from that point on. So from that point on, I was willing to do what they ask. And there's always lots of ups and downs in learning. But that was the the intro into counseling that I received. And I was very harsh on myself. I remember in one of the first sessions, I said to them, I've had so many chances. Like, God has given me so many chances. And so I was very harsh on myself. And they basically taught me a different side of what I was going through and a different perspective to see it from. And I think that was, I think I expected them to be harsh to me. And what I was met with was loving and caring concern. Beautiful. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's biblical counseling done well, right. or like what we like to say, biblical soul care done yes. well. I think that's one of the bad raps around the country that biblical counseling's carried for a number of years is, oh, they're just going to Bible thump me. They're just going to point out my sin and condemn me. And I think that's a real fear for a lot of sheep in the congregation today. If I come forward, I'm already feeling terrible about myself. They're just going to beat up on me. Why would I do that? And I came from a background. My dad was a pastor in small churches, and it was a small community. And so I grew up very aware that other people were watching me. And that also makes it difficult to admit that, you have problems or that you're having weakness in your faith or you're having suffering that you don't understand from a biblical perspective. It's of all the people, I've had opportunities to know this, right? So that's where I would go and beat myself up about it. I've had opportunities. I've been in churches my whole life, so I should know of all people. So I think that was something I had to overcome and very grateful that I've had the opportunity to see it differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that your inclination, given your background with father was a pastor, it would be to trust the church with your problems. I think, I think, I'm guessing there's more people out there like me who ran down the street to a professional believing that was a safer place to trust with my problems. And of course, the Bible hardly ever came out. I didn't get to talk about Jesus, the actual real reason and real solution for any problem I have. But that's interesting that your first inclination, because I my perception is pastors that maybe there's more people out there in your congregation that sadly, maybe you don't even know they're having problems because they're not telling anybody about the problems or they're going down the street and they don't even know that's happening. So maybe talk a little bit about, Christy, from your perspective, what do those pastors need to be thinking about in order to see a culture where it's normal that we're sharing our messy life with each other? Because I really believe that's what God has intended for us. But in the American church, I don't think that happens anymore. We're a very therapeutic country. We're an over-medicated country. Everybody thinks they need to have their therapist, and medication is the answer when the person of Jesus Christ is the answer by the power of the Spirit through the truth of God's Word. We know as God's children, that is where we go, but that's not first instinct with us in the American church. Maybe talk to that a little bit. Encourage that pastor to, from a perspective of one of the sheep in the congregation, what do they need to know? First off, I want to say while you were talking, I was thinking about that. In the church, I believe that we're missing this idea and element that we are part of the family of God, that we are brothers and sisters that we should be able to care for one another in that manner. I think that's something that we overlook. I think there's a focus on, this is just my personal opinion, I think it's easier to focus on meeting people's physical needs 
like when they're sick and they need or have a baby and they need a meal or whatever. It's not being it, it wasn't taught necessarily to me how to care for someone in an emotional difficulty or how to walk alongside someone who is dealing with grief or who's because it's not a drop off a casserole kind of thing. It's walking through a process with someone. So it's not a one and done and check the box. So I think that's one aspect that we're missing that we have to start seeing one another in the right perspective, in a biblical perspective. And we need those tools to be able to apply God's Word. From my own personal perspective, I have a heart for that person sitting in the pew because I was that person. I was sitting in the pew. I was not serving in the church. I was just on the edges, and I was deeply suffering in silence. And I look at my life now, several years later, and I'm not saying this in a braggy way, but now I'm able to serve and be useful for the kingdom instead of suffering and just sitting there and not knowing what to do and not understanding and not connecting with members in the body of of my church. So that's what I think of when I think of biblical counseling. I know that we look at it from a pastor's perspective and from a church perspective, but I also, I think it's very useful and very important to remember there's someone out there suffering in silence and that someone could also be taught and you can multiply the effect that can be had on the kingdom and on your own local church in the care for others within that context. I just, I could still be sitting in the pew and not serving and not doing anything. Whereas now I've grown through this. I understand more than I did. Are all my problems gone away? No, of course not. I'm still growing and learning and changing, but I'm also doing that while I'm walking alongside other people who need support and need help. It's just nothing is more beautiful to me because I have experienced it. We have amazing people from our church that we are so close to that are like family to us, and it was born out of this counseling. So it's been a difficult road, amazing road, and it's great. It's been great. Why does God have to use pain? I just hate that. He he knows how to get our attention, and He knows how to change us, and that doesn't happen on top of the mountain. That's in the valley, and I'm thinking of my deepest valleys, and I do look back with thanks. I was praising that in prayer time this morning to one of my deepest valleys, and I'm like, thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that valley. And I never would have got to a place of thanking Him for the valley without His grace and power and strength and goodness, abundant goodness. So I was thinking about this morning. And I also, it's just thinking about being encouraging to someone who's in their own deep valley, as well as when we're in that space and we need to rely on the faith of the others around us, because we're all going to go through those things. It's so necessary. I will, That's one of the things I want pastors to understand is that it's just so necessary to help one another. And there's a whole other side of this. I'm actually thinking about a new counseling case at one of the churches we serve right now. And it's and it's a daughter of the pastor and his wife. And I'm remembering last week talking to the pastor's wife, and she is just so encouraged because they have this care team formed that's in the counseling room along with her and her daughter right now. And she had this burden she was carrying. I didn't want to put this burden on these other people in the church. Like she was carrying that solo and about ready to explode. And last week, watching her jump for joy, so to speak, of just 
this has been amazing. Like I actually am experiencing something better than I thought. And then the flip of the coin is these people on the care team are like, thank you so much for allowing us to do this with you. Like they're being blessed. And I think that's a big miss as we think about doing the one another's together and jumping in the deep end of the pool and being willing to share our messes and be okay with that. It's incredible. But a truth of it is, dear pastor, is that you have people, and especially in a care team way of uh, doing biblical soul care, that are missing blessings that they could be participating in by allowing them to serve. And that's one of the things you're hitting upon is now you're getting to see how God's using you to serve others because you get it. You've been in that seat. And once somebody's in that seat, there's no way to explain it any better than when you're there. And now you're on the other side of the table helping somebody. I, I just can't stop thinking we are blessed to be a blessing. And, and it's it sounds loving, but when I do that, I actually am being selfish, if I'm really honest, right. or I'm being selfish and greedy with the blessings. And that, boy, is that in the American culture today. Oh, yeah, just bless me. And God's your, God did little genie that's here to bless me. Right. And any blessings we have is really not about us. God just wants to transform us so that we can be a blessing to somebody else. Yeah, it's that overflow of God's love in our heart overflowing to the other people around us. I like to think of that picture. I know also, Christy, that you're a big fan of talking about a church, not just building a biblical counseling ministry, but having a culture of biblical soul care. And we know that's very distinct and different. But talk to that pastor a little bit about what do they need to be thinking about or knowing? Because I know you have clarity of that and a passion around that. Help them get a picture. As I was thinking about the differences between a church with a ministry and a church with a culture— for biblical soul care, I it made me think about a church with a ministry is not fully embracing the opportunities that they have to care for one another at all levels of their church body, whether it's the individual, the family, the care group, however it plays out. And that's what a culture does. It's at all levels. It's not The way I look at it from a ministry perspective is that that is accessed by people who are having a particular problem at a particular moment, and it's pushed off to the side where no one else hears about it, sees about it, knows about it. But the more people we have coming around us when we're facing difficulty who are speaking biblical truth to us, it's encouraging and it's helpful, and it's that burden doesn't land on one person, that is shared by a bunch of people and how much lighter is a burden when it's shared by many people. So, and it just, I feel like it transforms when you have a culture, it just transforms the way that you relate to one another and that you care for one another in the body. And it is something I am passionate about because I would like to see everyone experience that particular understanding of God's Word and how it applies to every aspect of our lives, and it's not just for evangelism, and it's so much more. And so that's why I mean by a church is not fully embracing it. It's not that it's bad to have a ministry, it's just not the fullness that could be experienced, would be my perspective. So often the American church, I see it all around the country, it's too much about programs. And we're not talking about programs here. We're talking about relationships, real, honest, vulnerable relationships. Yes, and I think I'm a big fan of plans and weaving 
your goals into every aspect of the body toward a greater good. That's my, what I would really like to see in any church, in every church, to have a point to what you're doing. People want to understand why. Why are we doing this? What's the purpose? And when you can connect what you're doing in women's ministry or what you're doing in care group to the one another's, it, it just grows your knowledge and grows your ability and matures your believers would be my perspective. Yeah. And what we've seen when that happens is it just takes off. Like it definitely is a DNA of the church mm-hmm. at that point then. Mm-hmm. It's expected like no matter whether you're a small group leader or a Sunday school teacher, like everybody's going to be doing this. Like yeah. this is the foundation we live on. Yeah. To some extent, we're not asking people to dive into a deep, you know, formal relationship, but to some extent, I mean, it's in Scripture, so we should all have an understanding to some level. Yeah, because there is still, in my opinion, still a calling. I call it the SWAT team. Within a church, there's still a subset group of people that are called in a special way to handle the very intensive discipleship things. And there's other things that really a small group leader, if they're equipped to some extent, there's a lot that can be happen in the context of a small group, just doing the life together. But there's going to be those times when the police want to call the SWAT team in. And I do think this does not take away at all what we're talking about with the importance of having that equipped, competent, confident, certified biblical counselor serving in the church. So there's still a need there. But even that, which is a great thing, if that's the single focus, if it's just about making certified counselors, we miss the whole culture, don't we? Correct. And the other aspect that I don't want pastors to miss out on is that it really should begin with your leaders, with the pastors, with the elders, and filter down to the rest of your people, that that's the most impactful and that's truly developing a culture. Even if you think about it in terms of a family, the kids can obey what the mom and dad say, but when the mom and dad are living, it's a totally different idea. And when they're unified, when mom and dad are unified, and when mom and dad are not unified, the kids know Mm -hmm. right where those cracks are. Yeah. And one of the important aspects within our customized blueprint solution that our project too, where we start right out of the gates is our questionnaires and interviews with all the elders. Because if those elders are not unified and able to put on paper a written unified statement that's like a philosophy of care and counseling that they're unified in, that's going to play, it looks like whack-a-mole. Sooner or later, those problems are going to pop up. And we've seen that. And that's become, that's one of the biggest mistakes we've made is not having that upfront time, making sure those elders are all on the same page and unified. And unified in a way that can be put on paper because it's not as simple as saying, yeah, of course we all believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. God's words has all the answers. No, it's we're, we've realized it's much more than that. That written document has to go That has to land the plane to what does that mean, not only from a philosophical standpoint and a theological standpoint, but a methodology of care within the church. Yeah, I would simplify that by just saying that the leaders have to truly understand the value of what they're taking on, because change can be slow. We all know change can be slow. You have to just take the time to to understand why you're doing it and the importance and be unified on the front. And so that is one of the important aspects, I think, of understanding the value of what your goal is. It's been a real treat. Thanks for your openness and thank you for your passion of speaking for the sheep. 
We've been in so many meetings, and when your passion comes out, okay, let's not forget that this has to get to the sheep. This can't be just at an elder level or leadership level. This has to penetrate all the way down to what we used to call in business the end user. And if we don't reach the end user and the sheep in this, then we're, we've missed the boat. Thank you for that because I think there's a lot of pastors out there that want that, and, but they don't know how to get there. And that's why we're passionate about our customized blueprint solutions. Dear pastor, if you're out there and you're saying, I think I have some of those people in my church, but I, how do I reach them? Or how do I begin to, to create a culture that's going to bring people forward to trust the church with their problems? Because we know, especially in the culture war that we're in today, there are hurting people in every single church. And sadly, those people don't know what to do, and they're not centered on the Lord Jesus Christ and their solution. I I just wanted to mention as well, as we end, that it's just—I wanted to say to that pastor out there, it's just so worth it, and BCM can help. That would be my final two cents. And and there, Pastor, if that touched you, we're at bcmnational.org, and it would be a privilege to have a complimentary 30-minute conference with you. If this has touched your heart, please reach out. We want to talk to you. Thanks for listening to Soul Care Culture, a podcast by Biblical Counseling Ministries. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future conversations. And we want you to know that we're here for you. To learn more about our Biblical Counseling Blueprint model, head to our website at bcmnational.org. Again, that's the letters bcmnational.org. We'll see you next time.